I really want us to give you another round of applause, Will. Please. 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 Please, another one, another one, another one, another one. And I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. So, Will and I yesterday did a uh, uh, TV recording on TBN. And it's going to be shown at the end of the month. And meeting Will yesterday, I was like, wow. Really, you know, uh, you remember that story of Simeon? So Simeon sees Jesus and he says, now your servant can depart in peace. For I have seen, so this servant can depart in peace because I have seen Will. I'm not saying anything to Edward. <laughs> I'm just talking for myself. <laughs> no, I really mean it. So, First of all, the numbers, I do not denigrate the numbers. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But we make a mistake to rejoice in the numbers. Right? Let's just recognize that. We've contributed to the numbers. I mean, he gave me a two million pound number that by the beginning of next year, we shall have distributed two million pounds. Hello? That is serious. But frankly, it could be more serious. So, amen? So, I... Um, but he has now gone. What shall I do? Um, no, no, no. I was going to ask how old he is. How old is your son? He's 35. So, I will be double his age um, next year, in two years. Uh, which is very serious which is actually significant. And I'll be referencing the text he's said. But if I miss anything, let me say it as clearly as I should. Those of us who are 35 years and over, put up your hands. 35 years and over. Okay, let's now put them down because that's not interesting. Those who are 35 years and below, please stand up. 35 years and below, please stand up. Uh, no, no, please stay standing. Uh, why is he not standing, the man on the computer? Oh, that's how they behave, you know, these ones, eh? Uh, and we have uh, the youngest member of the team. Let's give her a round of applause. Hannah, thank you very much for coming. Now, uh, I really, first of all, it's not good that we have only four, five of that generation. Hello? It is not good that we have only five from this generation. Uh, Julie and Nick, are you hearing me? Uh, uh, yeah, please, please. You know. Um, let's give them a round of applause. Please sit. Because what Will has done is to prophesy. 
what Will has done, I want him to hear it, is to prophesy. Don't worry, actually, I won't use it now. No, no, I won't. I've changed my mind. When you prophesy, what do you want me to do? I have to change my script. No, he really has. The Corinthian passage is a powerful passage for us as Caris. Because those who built the foundations of this work are here. Right? It's Tim, it's Pepiat, it's myself. We sat and dreamt. Ketra has been phenomenally amazing. And, and Ketra, you and I know that in a sense I'm simply saying, pass on the baton. Me, I don't, I'm not very polite. Because I know gospel is not politeness. So, uh, hallelujah. Uh, Ketra is an elder. Uh, your oldest is how old? Are you serious? That's not fair. But why do you look so young? <laughs> anyway, so you see, she needs to pass on the baton to the 20-year-old. Because we run the risk of being stuck. Do you know uh, an organization in this country that was amazing, amazing in its heydays? It's called Mother's Union. What's the average age of Mother's Union in the Church of England? Any vicar here who knows? Mugelwa? No, no, it's not 60. <laughs> no, it's actually serious. It's definitely above, it's definitely above 80. Now, let's not be harsh on Mother's Union because we are on the same path if something doesn't change. So, uh, our prophet will came, the Lord spoke to him. Paul built the foundations. How are we building on it? So this conversation in the half hour I have is how I want to handle it. I would like you who are going to be leading this work to be able to understand what the foundations are. Because if you don't understand the foundations, you can't build on them. So we've got to really grasp, and uh, my brother Edward is here, we have journeyed together. We haven't always agreed on what it should look like, by the way, just so you know. And that's okay, because we are Jesus people, we come from different perspectives, right? Uh, there have been various angles to it. But this is a gift in our hands that God has given to us. How are we going to build on it? Because 15 years from now, I will not be able to travel to speak here. Even if I was able, I don't want to come. Because I don't want to be an ancestor of Caris. No. I have no such interest. But what will it look like? What shall we be presenting? Who will be in the room 15 years from now? So that's how we're going to manage our time together that I have. So it's conversation. Conversation. I'll try to capture what the pillars are as we understood them. And I'm so delighted that uh, Pippa and, and Tim are here. I'll then ask, how then are we building on this? Some of these pillars are pillars of the time. And one or two may need to be dropped. But don't drop them unless you understand them. 
Right, Will? So, Will, this is your day. Yeah, because the torch is passed on, you know. Dad is here and you're here. Let's ask both to stand up and just acknowledge them. This is a real gift. Uh, Edward and Will, please stand up. This is, this is the story that we want, good people. Do you see this story? Can somebody take this picture, please? Somebody take this picture. What's happening? This is the story we want, right? No, no, wait. Who is taking the picture? No, no, we want... For me, this is the picture. Oh, you think so? I should be in this picture? Okay, okay. Put me in the middle then. Let's give them a round of applause. And so I really want to say thank you to uh, Edward. Let's give him a round of applause. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because when I was with Will, he told me the story. He went to Kampala when you were 18 or 19. You were 20. Yeah, yeah. He went to Kampala when he was 20. Will you come back here? What did that visit do to you? Come, you come. Just come and tell, tell us, yeah. What did that visit do to you 20 years ago? No, no, 15 years ago. No, no. How old are you now? Uh, yeah, yeah, 15 years ago. Uh, well, I, I realized that what we were doing was just a drop in the bucket, honestly. And I just felt completely um, undone by it. Uh, and the only thing I held to um, was that we just had to do something. You know, we had to do our part. The, the thing that inspired me was... Uh, the here are the here are the f these families who live in rotten conditions, um, really, really hard lives, uh, and yet they welcomed us with such open arms and generosity and kindness. Uh, they they loved us really well, and um, I uh, yeah, I, I just it just made it such an impact on me just how um, their faith they prayed for us and um, they loved us and it's they have such a beautiful. Um, real faith, and I, I thought, you know, I, I live in my, I live in my very privileged life, uh, and boy, do I need this relationship to soften my heart. You know, if I want to live a Christ-formed life, um, I need a soft heart, and um, it was a gift to me to do that. A round of applause. I don't think Edward knew this is what Jesus is doing in his life. So, Will and Tim, get more 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds, get them to Kampala. Not to do mission, but to meet Jesus. Hello? Not to do mission, but to do what? To meet Jesus. Forgive me, Will, but I'm on you. Did you see this exposition? My goodness, this man is just amazing. The teaching is solid. I can't, you know. 15 years from now, we want our churches packed with pastors who are going to preach the way Will is preaching to us. That's what we want. But how will they be formed? They are not going to be formed in these buildings. They're going to be formed in Kampala. They're going to be formed in Calcutta. So, Brian, don't talk about overseas missions. 
let me be very clear, by the way, I will be blunt. I don't want to be part of your overseas missions because you are not part of my overseas mission. When I come here, I don't say I'm going to on an overseas mission. So why do you want to come on an overseas mission to me? Jesus has leveled the ground. There is no overseas or beyond the seas. We are all where Christ wants us to be. We want to meet Jesus outside Jerusalem. Anyway, that's I'm preaching now. Brian, is that okay? We are brothers, you know. I'm not criticizing this work. But we, we always think that the answer lies with us who are privileged. And so we even use language like we need to help those families. The language is like uh, they need us. There is a lot of need. Let me tell you, the most desperate need is with us who are privileged. Let me put it this way. And this is my challenge to you and the narrative. Poverty is not the problem. Poverty is not the problem. What is the problem? It's greed. What is the problem? It's greed. So something slightly changed with, and maybe for communication purposes, you can say we want to reach, take people out of poverty. What this was really about is take people out of greed. Are you with me? I'm going to stop, then you can ask questions. Why? Because good people, you and I live on too much. Too much. Too much. And Ketra knows that we've disagreed on something, and I will say it. Because I've said to Ketra, there are Ugandans who are living on too much. This program is not going anywhere, Ketra, if we don't have Ugandan families committing to support Ugandan families in poverty. So Caris can't be about British families supporting African families. No, no, no. Because the greed is not just here, it's also in Kampala. The reason why we have situations like Kalerwe is because we Ugandans who are privileged are not doing anything about it. So we are now going to get into advocacy as caris. Because it's one thing to have 815. Now that you know Kalerwe, we cannot live alongside with Kalerwe as it is. How do we transform Kalerwe? Now, those of us who are 50 plus, don't worry. Don't be too troubled. Will and team will do it. <laughs> do you know why? Because we are stuck in our privilege. <laughs> There's really not much hope for us. Yeah? We are thinking about, I am, and I'm very serious about this, you know? So, foundations then. Um, Psalm 68. This is where God broke our hearts together. Psalm 68. Foundations. We are amen, amen, amen. Corinthians. What are the foundations? Psalm 68, verse 4. Sing to God. Sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the cloud. In other words, the sovereign Lord. This is about who God is. And what this is really is to give us a vision of who he is. A father to the fatherless, 
verse 5, a defender of the widows is God in his holy dwelling. Ha! Good people, let it be clear to you that God is not on the side of us who live in privileged Britain and privileged Kampala. When God takes a nap, he does not nap in, home, in homes that are well-heated. He takes a nap in Kaleri. If you really want to meet Christ, go where? To Kaleri. The reason I'm not happy with the slides you showed is because I want to hear slides. I want to hear a testimony of a British pastor who went to Kampala and was changed. And I'm very serious. These slides are not complete. So don't show them to too many people. I am serious. Because then we become saviors of these Africans. No, that's not what we are. We want stories of a pastor, and I have one in my head, who comes to Kalere. Guys, it was amazing. And he was so freaked out by the conditions. I won't tell you his name. And I think, I can't remember who it was, all of the clothes, there was another one who came and visited, and all of the clothes they put on, they left them in a suitcase and left them for us. You remember this story? Don't you? Hey. Now, that pastor, I met him after that trip, and he just said to me, this thing about being changed in Kampala, I don't even know why you think it is crucial, you know. I wasn't changed, and it's okay. Just, you know, people were desperate, and I said, okay, I slept in his house. Uh, Pippa and Tim know who I'm talking about. But don't worry, it could be me, it could be... you. I just told you how stupid and foolish I was sleeping in, in Tinder and never have slept in Kalere. Who took me to Kalere? It is my brother David Williams. He's the one who took me to Kalere. David Williams is the one God used to open my life to Kalere in a, in a powerful way. You know, I mean, I was always concerned, but in a powerful way. So, this pastor, and I was really sad. It was a very sad visit. I visited him one year later with his dear wife. And let me tell you guys, we had a weeping session. We were crying. And he told me, I was hard-hearted. My heart was, remember what you just said, God softened your heart in Kampala. You want soft hearts. How do you nurture them? Go to the margins. Do you remember the story of Nathaniel meeting Jesus? Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Hello, friends. Not only can anything good come from Nazareth, all the good comes from the margins. Don't tell the British churches that Africa needs you. No. The British churches need Africa for the hearts to be softened. The reason why the churches here are, what's the word to describe them? Not just fragile. I mean, the average age is keeping on growing. The majority of uh, Will and Younger, Will is already 35, so he's not a good example. They, do, they don't want to go to church. Isn't that true? 
They have chucked church, and I agree with them. Why would you want to associate with a church like this? How is it that these younger people will reconnect with the one who created the heavens and the earth, bring them to Africa? There are many people who will not experience the person of Jesus until they come to Kalere. That is what Karis is about, is the opportunity to meet Jesus. So let's hear the testimonies of pastors who thought they were the greatest. And they come to Kalere and they realize, I don't even know how to preach. The problem with pastors in this country, as well as in Kampara, is we know how to preach. We don't know how to be quiet. The vision was the family. He places the lonely in families. What is this? That people do not, cannot get at the heart of who God is. Family is the place of this gospel of the father heart of God. That's why we don't focus on individuals. So what I really again want us to go back to indicators for the work is not individuals transformed, is how have families been transformed. It's those single mothers, that one, who says as a result, and on and on and on. The foundations is what we are trying to understand now so that when we build on them or when we decide this pillar doesn't work, we are very clear. That's what this message is about. Because when Will and his team should know your names, are building on this, or those of us who are between 30 and 55, when we are building on this, um, we, we are building with gold those materials. But what are those materials indeed? We don't want to be a better tier fund. We don't want to be a better world vision. We are not comparing ourselves with anything. We are simply saying we want to meet Jesus where we are. Those are the foundations. So the family is very... Let me say something about um, cultures, both Uganda and here. The evidence that a, a, a culture or a society is making progress is the family. Good people, we should weep for ourselves in this Western culture. The breakdown of family is an indicator of the end of what we have known Western society to be. Similar things are happening in my country. So when this passage says he places the lonely in families, God's method is the family. But where are those families? The families are in churches. So we were persuaded that you can't have an impact on this family unless the body of Christ, the community, is engaged. But you can't really appropriately reach this church unless the leaders, their hearts are softened. Ketra, my sister, knows all the trouble we go through with Kampala pastors because they think Karis is an opportunity for projects. I will tell you the truth about us. Karis is an opportunity for some money. So Ketra knows because this project is one of the most self-sustaining, it's been the, the most sustainable throughout the history of Kampala Diocese as far as we remember. Right, Ketra? So it is looked at as the cash cow. There are one or two of my friends who wanted to travel to UK and asked Ketra, can we get a budget to travel to UK? This is not what this is about. So, 
I think I've finished. I'm happy to take questions. Please remember, Pippa and I and Tim are here, and so is Edward. We can interrogate and Ketra what were the foundations. And after I leave, then I know you understand them. And then Will and your team, you are going to convene and say, how do we build this? Daddy is not going to help you. You need daddy to give stability. He's an accountant. He is big. He's trusted. But daddy's methods are gone. It is you. No, it's, I mean, it's the truth. It's the truth. Daddy can't connect with the generation. And I'm not saying that daddy is useless. No, daddy brings wisdom. Zach Niringe is not useless. But it is to say that I am present to engage is to deceive myself. That's what has happened in this country. The oldies we've held on and we've killed our churches. Mugerwa, Nimba. Sichecho. Hey. Yes, you know. So that is what this is hard work. This is hard gospel work. Friends, this is not public relations. It's Jesus' work. So I'll be happy to take a few questions or ask me. I am here. Ask these. We are here. Uh, we can skip lunch. It's no big deal with lunch. No, the people in Karere don't have lunch hour. What's wrong with us? We have work to do. Stop stressing me about lunch. We can let it pass. And I'm actually very serious. Those of us who are privileged, we have programs. Programs are for the privileged. So I'm here to disrupt. I am clear. I am here to disrupt. If you are not disrupted in your life, God becomes part of your furniture. Because you can predict him. You can. Yes. Len. Do you think the future uh, of Karis is necessarily between the UK and Uganda? Or between Uganda and Uganda? So let me answer it this way. The churches in the UK are desperate to meet Jesus. Uganda, let me be clear again, the slums in Kalerwe, in, they don't need you. Let me just be clear. They don't need you. So you are not here to answer a need because you can't answer it. We saw the numbers. The reason for this is to meet Jesus. So the question is, is the hope of the churches in the UK outside the UK? And my answer is yes. But some of that is in the slums of London. If your church does not have an outreach in the hardest places in Winchester, don't bring your church to Kampala. Because it means you don't get the heart of God. So Karis is supposed to ignite, to open our eyes to the depressed communities in our own land. So yes, we need each other from our different perspectives. One of our hopes, by the one of the critical elements of this was that once we link up, so church to church is pastor to pastor. And uh, Holy Trinity, Richmond, kudos to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our brother, what's his name? No, no, no. The one who passed. Trevor, I would like us to stop and just 
remember our brother. He was amazing. He was amazing as a hero of this. Uh, let's just stand up and, and remember our brother. Trevor. Trevor was amazing. Lord, we remember Trevor, and we remember him with joy because he embodied the gospel. And so that's why we miss him deeply. And Lord, we know that his family, Kate is the name, right? And the children. But Lord, we pray that Trevor's life will be an inspiration for us. Amen. So the thing about Trevor Trevor was one of very few of the pastors in the network that understood it. I mean, the other is uh, my brother David. And there are a number of others. Please forgive me. I mention names because these are our brothers. So this is not a PR event. We are, this is a family conversation, right? Um, and so the most you can do with this recording is not to record the whole thing and put it public. Because it's a family conversation. But Trevor understood so this is what we imagined, that a pastor in Kampala will have a relationship with a pastor here. The pastor from Kampala will come and sleep in a house here of the pastor here. The pastor here will go and sleep in Kampala. That is why David Williams went and slept in Frederick's house. So it wasn't an accident. It was part of the requirement. But here I am, Bishop Zach, I'm requiring David to sleep in Kaleru, and I have never. You understand? Eh? But that was part of it. David would be the one to tell you the story of how that changed him. Frederick and his wife Kisito traveled here. They were mesmerized. They were No, and that's okay. So the idea is that we are giving pastors the opportunity for their hearts to be softened. We are giving the opportunity for the pastors in Kampala for their hearts to be broadened. I think it's my brother, Tim, who was telling me the story of meeting one of these pastors, Michael. And uh, Tim, what did he say? Michael, he was 40 what? 46. So Tim asked him, can you tell the story again? So about 10 years ago, I asked Michael, how, how, you know, how come you're so happy? He's always smiling, Michael, one of the vicars out there. And he said, because I'm in a bonus year. And I said, how old are you, Michael? He said, I'm 46. And he went on to explain that the average life expectancy of a Ugandan man 10 years ago was 45. And so he had this joy about him. God's given me another year. And I've told people about Michael to encourage us. Gosh, we're alive for another day. Thank the Lord. But actually, over breakfast today, I was saying to Zach, actually, that's a real injustice, isn't it? That for him to be alive to 45, he's made it. Never gets to see his grandkids. Never gets to become a mosaic. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the story, isn't it? Yeah. So the point is this. Michael has a tunnel vision of his life. Once his life stops at 45, thank you very much. Give him a round of applause. Once his life stops at the 45, he has arrived. 
those of you who have uh, parents who are 85 plus, put up your hands. Just look. Ketra, just look. I know, Ketra, the, uh, the villagers live longer than us in the city. In, in, on the continent, actually, that's the truth. But Michael is praising God that he's living an extra life at 46. Tunnel vision. He needs to come here and see old people crawling in our churches, finding Jesus. Then he has a vision to keep people alive longer. You see, I was telling Tim, this gospel of going to heaven is a cop-out. What is it? It's a cop-out. This is our home. This is the home God has given us. Hmm? We are all supposed to have nice houses here. Of course, they shouldn't capture us, but nice houses. Children should go to school. Amen. People should have adequate health care. Amen. Yeah. So, why are you telling Africans to go to heaven and you guys are not going to heaven that quickly? <laughs> why should Africans be the ones going to heaven in the hurry? And the British are not. Me, I don't buy that gospel. No. Jesus said, your kingdom come. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. So, my dear brother, the answer to this long question is we need desperately the partnership. Wealthy churches, in order for them to find Jesus, they need churches on the margins. So this is not about Kampala. This is about how to be church in the world. If there is a church in this country that has no connection to people on the margins, not because they need to do ministry there, no, in order to meet and know Jesus. That's a problem. So that's what should be happening in our churches. You come back from Kampala, and hopefully God opens your eyes to the devastation and the depression that is around about you. This really in our vision was about transforming churches. Not churches in Kampala only, but churches here. Right, Tim? Yeah. How do you enliven gospel witness here? So let's bring that pastor to come and preach here. They will not be structured. Let them come and preach for one hour. And then your congregation goes away grumbling. It is your job as the pastor to explain. In Africa, they have a lot of time. This thing called watches is supposed to control you. No, refuse it. Do you understand? It's about encountering each other's cultures. Right? That's what the foundation was. Hello? That's what it was. That pastors are being changed. So one holy moment, I meet Tim and Pippa. I find them at their home. Beautiful home. I love it. And Tim and Pippa are asking me questions about their link family. And it's really tears. Because, was it Daphne? Because Tim and Pippa Maybe they should tell the story themselves. They are struggling now what to do as a family in privilege, connected to a family in devastation. People, please come and tell that story. That moment of, could we... Be, and the, your children were asking you questions. Remember that?
Go ahead. I'm trying yeah. to, but but is this is this what we talked about yesterday? No, no, no. Remember when you ask me, we are seated in your house, and your children are asking you, but the conditions in which these children are living is horrible. What about considering bringing one of them? Oh gosh. Yes. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, don't forget it. Actually, talking about taking kids over, though, we, we took our family, and it was probably our child who was the most most self-centered of the lot. Um, you know, kids vary, don't they? But this one was lived in her own little space and her own little world, and she was the one who was most transformed by the experience. And she came back. She She just was like, can we not bring them back here? Which for her was... So, you know, I can imagine my other daughter saying that, but for this one, it was like, it was quite transforming. I mean, yeah, it wasn't like to, we're, we're not, you know, we weren't there to do a Madonna at the time, but it was, it was, it was, you know, it, it was actually very precious seeing the change in how, how God had broken their heart. And that is the point, that their daughter comes back with questions. The daughter comes back and disrupts their family. You get my point? That's what this is about. That the Pepiats can't live just like that. Their lives is connected with a real family in Kampala. We are not looking for saviors. We are looking for people who want to walk with Jesus. So the connection between the family to the family is not so that you can release money. That is important. The money is here. Please release it. It's not enough. We need more. So me, I don't thank you for the money. You have it. It belongs to the Lord. Release more. Hallelujah. No, I'm serious. Because we sometimes part ourselves. So there is nothing we have that we have not received. Right? Amen? Please hold lightly to that money. It's not yours. <laughs> Please. So, but we can praise God for faithfulness. Right? Right. But at the end of the day, is how does connecting to that family transform this family? How does this pastor connecting to Kampala change them? And then Pastor Frederick, who hosted uh, uh, David in his little house. David, Frederick is also hosted, you know, in this massive... And that encounter, you know, that encounter, my God, it changes Frederick. It changes David. That, so this idea of family to family is not so that we release just resources of money from here. It is so that we actually, at the end of the day, is the encounter of Jesus. The pastors. So every pastor involved in this program, and I would want to hear my brother Brian's testimony of what visits to Kaleri, how it changed him. I'm sure there are many stories. How is that? Those are the stories we want, Will. Can they tell us? So, one of one of the needs that we are dealing with as a charity uh, is we need more pastors over here. Um, and so, you, you might have heard we have six wonderful links in Kampala. Uh, we want more out there, of course, but we are missing two over here because of churches that have sadly kind of faded. And one of the hopes of today is to commission everyone here to be an advocate for Karis 
Uh, we need church leaders and we need people in the kingdom of God to come to Kampala, experience what God is doing there and become witnesses and build those relationships. Um, and that that is why I needed to come Amen. up and say that. Amen. So that is something. Amen. Yeah. And, th- and the reason is this. You want your pastor's life to glow again, to flourish, send them to Kampala. Karis is the opportunity to send them to Kampala. That's we, so we are giving people an opportunity. We are not asking for people's... No, Karis is an opportunity for gospel work. We are not begging people. Me, I don't beg people for money. No, I don't. It is to your benefit that you release the money for the kingdom. Hallelujah. It's to your benefit. People can ask me, but thank us enough. I say, eh, thank you for money that is not yours. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I really want us to get out of this mentality that the people who have money are saviors. It's a horrible mentality. It's colonial. It's, it's horrible. It's racist. It's, it's classist. It's, it's, it's killed our world. So, yes, we need the pastors. So, this is what you could do. Those of you with some serious money. So, identify a pastor who you think could really do something. And just tell them, I'm going to pay for your ticket to go to Kalero. The rest, be at peace. The Lord will take care. So, we need wealthy people in Karis who release their money. <laughs> For serious things, you understand? Who, when they give money for a tank, you tell them, after giving us money for the tank, you are going to save money for a ticket because you can. So you can. This idea that, no, 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 save ticket money, we could use it for more children. No, because we are seeking for people's lives to be changed. Let me tell you, when that wealthy guy, pays a ticket for 1,000 pounds, comes to Kampala, you will even not be able to stop him from more money that he can give. Remember the church in Philippi? Do you remember that church? Very poor. What does Paul say? Out of their poverty, what did they give? Generosity. Generosity. Last question, comment. Anything else? We are dealing with foundations. Because me, I see ministries, it's called, in, in, in technical language, it's called mission creep. As the first generation moves on, the next generation lose the foundations. So the Lord really spoke to you about this. So, is it clear what we're about? What we were about? Because then you can build on it, you know? Now, these days, there is Zoom. So, can we do a Zoom that connects these pastors, you know, that causes them to hear the stories? And that really is your thing. Me, I, I am tired of Zoom. I don't want any more Zoom things. <laughs> no, I believe in places and people and yeah. tangible experiences. Right? Uh, is that, have I, have I communicated, Julia and Nick? Is it clear? It's, it's, we're of the same heart. Hallelujah. 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 So, we want, you know, the pastors to hear. But the pastors will only hear the story from another pastor. 
So it would have been wonderful to have one of those pastors. Huh? Not Mugerwa, because this Mugerwa is already converted. He's, Mugerwa is even Mugerwa. You see him, eh? he speaks. The, but you need somebody who was locked up before, remember? The before and after. Before he's locked up in I'm a missionary, I am going to go and change Africa. After he comes back and he says, I didn't know that I didn't know Jesus. I met Jesus in Africa. Uh, bishop Urquhart, the bishop, I think he's now the bishop of Birmingham, was retired. David Urquhart. David Urquhart actually met, had a conversion experience as a teenager in Kavare. Yes. Did he go on a mission trip? I think they called it that. But who really needs to be changed? Not those people. I can tell you more. Remember Peter and Cornelius? You remember those two? So Peter goes to Cornelius' house. Did Peter go to Cornelius' house on a mission? No. Peter gets to Cornelius' house and says, Cornelius, tell me, why did God tell me to come here? Tell, why did God tell me to come here? The people are going to teach us the gospel are not our neighbors here. The neighbors that Jesus is calling us to are those who are unlike us. Caris is the opportunity for gospel encounter. Church to church and therefore pastor to pastor. Families to families. Guys, you are socializing your families into unbelievable materialism. You are passing on materialism to your children and your children's generation. How do you break that cycle? Take them to a place where they don't have supermarkets. They buy one banana. They, they have learned to be content. This culture of accumulation, how shall we break it? The way to break it is caris is the opportunity to break that. So one of the other things I would like us to think about deeply is the deep theological work that Caris needs to do. So we are not, we are really grounding this in a deep theological reflection about the gospel. Because one of the other things we really hoped is that we will show the world that this is a king, kingdom work. Kingdom work is different from projects that are started elsewhere. Then the multiplication of Caris work is not that we can just have more churches, but people want to model their ministries along what Caris is doing. People will come to Caris and say, eh, I want to do this. I want to establish something that looks like this. Family to family, church to church, for the benefit of those who suffer the biggest, those who have been left out, the children and the women. Thank you very much.